Hello everyone, welcome to Mortally Wounded episode 35, part C. This is the next episode in our Cities of Sigmar deep dive. So once again, I'm joined by Simon Hall. How are you doing, Simon? Hello, good. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Surviving surviving the lockdown still. We're, what, three three months in or something? So. Yeah, it's going pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Um, how have you been coping? Especially your line of work would be interesting, good. I imagine. Keep, keeps me employed. Yeah. It's actually interesting. The um, the last, well, the first like one or two months of the outbreak, like the emergency department numbers were like down forty percent of what they normally were. So, we actually had a much easier job than pretty much every other country in the world for the first couple of months. But it's getting back to normal now. So, yeah, it's true. Actually, I think yeah, everyone was keeping away from what emergency departments and stuff, unless it was. An emergency, which you're kind of like, well, <laughs> you're not that. supposed to be here any time unless yeah. it's an emergency. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it was it was an interesting time, and you know we're not quite out of it yet, as we've seen in Victoria, but Australia as a whole's done pretty bloody well. So yeah, it's good. I feel like it's yeah, it's just going to be ongoing to be honest until they've got some kind of a a vaccine because yeah, I mean Victoria's just shown how quickly kind of a second wave can happen. So I I, yeah, right. I think we're going to be in this for a long time. So that's right. Strap in people. You're going to be here for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I need to paint some models. Um, okay. Well, speaking of models, let's crack on with the show and what we're here for. We're going to carry on our deep deep dive into Cities of Sigmar and we're going to go through three more of the cities today. So we're going to be covering Living City, Greywater Fastness and the Phoenicium. And as they appear in the book, Living City is first. So um, yeah, we're just going to delve straight into it. So Simon, do you want to take us through the um, battle traits for the Living City? Yeah, right. So first one, you come from Gairan. You have to. That's it. The end. Again, they haven't repeated that in any books, again, besides this one, which I think is interesting, but it is what it is. Um, you get access to a few good artifacts, one of which is my <clears throat> personal favourite, which I'll talk about later. Um, it, it wouldn't begin with a G and end in an E, would it? Yeah, yeah it, earns, it, it starts in gear and ends in strike. So, <laughs> yep. Um, and then the big thing, the big draw is to probably why, besides the uh, the other, the next ability, but um, this is one of the major draws for me uh, in playing the Living City is that uh, a Living City army can include Sylvaneth units. Uh, one in every four units in an army can be a Sylvaneth unit. Uh, those units gain the Cities of Sigma keyword and the Living City keyword, um, which is important because things like the Hurricane only affect uh, Cities of Sigma models. Um, with their plus one hit, for example. So important that they gain keywords. And just because everyone, it seems to be asked every second day on the uh, Cities of Sigma Facebook group. So the way this works is one in every four has to be sil can be Sylvaneth, or one in every four can be Stormcast, so, and then the other two have to be Cities. So if you want to max out your Stormcast and your Sylvaneth, you take two Cities units, and then uh, you take one Sylvaneth and one Stormcast, and that's your four, and you satisfy your, your one in four requirements for both Sylvaneth and Stormcast with that. I just thought I'd point that out. Yep. No, for that's that a good thing to call up. Yep. <clears throat> um, next is arguably one of the best city abilities in the book. Uh, so it's called Hunters of the Hidden Paths. It's meant to be um, the warriors of the living city, knowing hidden waste way lines through the realms. 
but really you just use it to bring on a shooting unit on the side of the battlefield. Um, so instead of setting up a living city unit on the battlefield, you can place it to one side and say that it is set up in the hidden path as a reserve unit. Uh, yeah, you can set up one reserve unit um, for each uh, living city unit you have on the battlefield. At the end of any of your movement phases, you can set up one or more of these units on the battlefield, hollow within six of the edge and more than nine from enemy units. And units that aren't set up before the start of the fourth battle round are destroyed. So you're going to deploy it in your first, second, or third turn. Um, and this is extremely an extremely powerful ability for free. Yeah, the ability to just pick units that otherwise wouldn't be able to de be deployed off the table, and then you can keep them safe and then ambush from... Um, the board edge is more <clears> restrictive <throat> than units that can just appear anywhere nine away. You still have to be wholly within six of a board edge, but um, it is really, really good, the fact that you can hold on for potentially three turns as well, so you haven't got to do it in the first movement phase or, or something like that, like a ghoul patrol is restricted by, for example. Yep, and you can drop them in your like on your opponent's board edge as well. So the scenarios that are is it knife to the heart, you can deploy yep. them basically on the back of the board and then move them onto the objective for a sneaky win. Uh, if that's the way that you want to play, which that is the way I like to play. So, <laughs> um, then next, this is actually kind of understated. I quite like this ability. This is why I like Living City because it's got so many like little little benefits um, which add up to be quite significant so attuned to nature at the start of the hero phase you can heal one wound allocated to each friendly living city unit um so your characters uh will heal one wound every single turn basically at the start of your hero phase your multi-wound models like um oh, what are they called Prothean guard guys that have four wounds each uh, your chariots that have six wounds each uh your hurricanums yeah you know anything any multi-wound model heals one wound and it's not like it's not huge um but when it's your um uh your anointed on frost Heart phoenix with minus two to wounds and a, you know a two up armor save that heals one wound every turn which is actually two wounds because he's got a four up after save like it starts to you know force yeah. multiply at that point um, and then finally, the command ability for the city is strike then melt away, which works even better with Hunters of the Hidden Pass, but essentially you use this command ability at the end of your shooting phase. Uh, if you do so, pick one friendly living city unit that's shot in that phase that is more than nine inches from any enemy units, and it's wholly within 18 of a friendly living city hero, hero. that unit can make a normal move and cannot run, and you can't uh, have a unit benefit from it more than once per phase. So that in that in conjunction with Hunters of the Hidden Paths basically is the majority of the tricks that I like to pull with this city. And the guy that I like to do it the most with is Durthu. So you yeah. put him on the board, you shoot something 15 inches away, you move him 5 inches, and then you charge him. So th it's meant to be striked and melt away, but it, it, it's I would say that it's more... It's better a, used as strike and then melt, melt towards... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the things I think that benefit from that most are definitely Durthu. Um, Dryker as well to a certain, or Drycha, I don't know how people pronounce it, I've always pronounced it with a hard uh, dry Dryker um, can do the same thing, so she's got those spikes that she shoots. Um, and she moves nine, so she's actually not a bad option for it. Um, what else, Sylvaneth? I guess you've got, like, um, Alariel, 
but I don't like Ilaria. We'll talk about her later. Um, but things like, uh, the as, as I mentioned before, the Dracothian Guard, they have a range of 12 for their mortal wounds, and it is a shooting attack, so it satisfies this. So And they're quite good in combat as well. Um, yeah, and then what, what else is there in cities that likes to shoot and charge? It's basically just, yeah, the Dracothian Guard, like Full Mace, is a, probably one of the main ones that you hear people talk about. Yeah. It's just a anything that you want charging in combat but is actually potentially fragile, you want to yep. keep it but then not be... You, you don't want to appear and then be nine away, fail a nine-inch charge most of the time and then be a sitting duck. You want exactly. to bring them in, shoot something, and then get in. The problem, potentially, I find with the guard is that it is only a 12-inch shooting attack, so it's not that hard to make it so that the only thing that is in range is the thing that's zoning them out nine away anyway. Yeah. So it's essentially a screen, and then if you shoot off the screen, <clears throat> you might not really be able to charge anything anyway. Um, yep. Although with the fact that they get to move and they move fairly quickly anyway what like 10 inches yeah they would if they have shot off the screen and there was something behind it they still get to move that full 10 inches and then probably just charge something behind so yeah it's one of the other things off the screen yeah it's so that so this doesn't really Drake, help the, a lot of Templar. cities yep and um, the uh, the drake's one templar because he's got a bow yep. he's got um, a bow which also helps the dracothian guard uh black dragon um dreadlord he's got a crossbow repeat a repeat a bow so you can let him move twice um yep Durthu's, yeah he's Durthu. sacrificing his lance that's the problem with the with the um, yeah the dude on dragon his lance is his best melee weapon and you can't have that if you've got a bow yeah um but yeah death is great death is probably the main one um and, and is the, amazing the dracothian guard that you hear people i think technically about. the ancient tree lord ancient has an 18 inch range gun the, the key with these things is that you need a hit to be able to do it um and so when you've got models like the tree lord ancient for example that only have one attack that they need that they can shoot um you've at much higher risk for not triggering it than you are with like say let's say drika shooting 20 spites um, you know, you're much likely to hit with at least one of those to be able to trigger the command ability. Why would you need to do that? You just have to have shot. You don't have to hit. Do you not? No, you, you just have to... to. No, you just have oh, to have well, shot. Then. Well, I've been <laughs> screwing yourself over from myself. The then, <laughs> yep. Shot in that phase. Oh fuck off. Okay, well, I've been playing that wrong. Good. Okay, <laughs> don't even need to hit. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's what needs great. to have shot. <laughs> You're just trying to find the combat characters that have some kind of ranged missile weapon. Like, yep. Yeah. That's why the, the, the Drake's one is great, because you're like, oh, he's got a bow, doesn't he? The big guy doesn't, but the Drake's one has a bow. Yeah. Um, so. And then the... Uh, a quite... Uh, <laughs> I really want prosecutors to be good, and I think that they work well with this ability, um, because you can, you know, you shoot with them, and then, what, do they move? 12? Yep. Um, so and you come on six, six you shoot something, you move twelve, and then they got a three d six charge. Like they can get anywhere on the on the opponent's in the opponent's backfield, for example. Yeah, um, and it's worth saying you I don't do have, have to you don't have to have used the um, hidden paths ability. You just have to no. have shot. So you could be a just unit that, start, that starts on the board, moves twelve inches up, shoots, and then you use the command ability, and it gets to move and charge again, like just to increase your range. So that's why someone yep. with Alarial, I think, as we mentioned on the previous show, her base is probably too big to actually use the hidden pass ability, but she moves 16. Yep. 
So you could still just move 16. She's got a spear that's 30 inch range, so that's fine. You can throw that at whatever you want, and then you can just move another 16 and then charge. And you can reach stuff that people thought was safe. But I mean, 32 inches of move is pretty insane. Yeah. Yep. So, and, um, um, yeah, you can just yeah, use she's... It to move further. Yep. I think it's good. It's, um, it's a sneaky ability. And I think one of the other ways that I like using it. Uh, especially in those scenarios when you're playing on the the short board edges as your backboard, so like um, battle for the bus, like for example, um, you move up, you can move your um, hurricane up to within 18 inches, shoot something, and then you can reposition it another 10. Which uh, again, it's a shooting attack, so it, it triggers the, um, the command ability, and you got a wizard on it, so it's always within 18 of itself. So that's another you know, kind of good use for it so you don't lose your Horikanum after moving it to within danger range. Yeah. Or you can use it to move up so that you're in range 18 inches of something juicy in your next hero phase that you otherwise yep. wouldn't have been in range with um, so that you can then use that the 18-inch spell range um, in, yep. your, in your hero phase. For the it's, next just, it's just a highly versatile ability. Yeah, um, I agree. And it adds so much to the game because I mean, cities that one of their big strengths is as a faction is shooting, and this just makes shooting so much more versatile. So, yeah. I mean, anything that lets you move, like anything that lets you get extra movement is really good in the game. Like, movement is what wins you games at the end of the day because you have to be around objectives. So, it like the fact that you can't keep your reserves past turn three either if late game you need to suddenly cross the board somehow and get to an objective miles away you could just use it like you're saying with Ilarial, if she's gotten right over to mess up your opponent and then they sneak something towards your back board edge and you need to suddenly go over there you can fly 16 inches away shoot at something just to then be able to get that extra 16 inch move and kind of come backwards on yourself so yeah um, yep, yeah it's a really it's a really good command ability uh and then i think that's that's basically it <clears throat> i just want to mention like with alariel as well um her innate ability i can't remember what the name is but healing innate ability um doubles well with the um the city's ability uh to to heal every turn what's yep. her one called yeah so her life, life bloom so you're healing yeah. d3 plus one basically to all your sylvaneth units which is on average three three wounds a turn which is huge yeah it's nice um and yeah there's this there's, there's a lot to talk about with this city but let's go in shall we go into the um uh the command abilities for your general yeah command traits, command traits. yep so you're going to be taking one of these and you're probably going to be ignoring the other two you're definitely going to be ignoring the second one. Uh, so let's let's go with the the one that you're going to be ignoring first. So Forest Strider, uh, run and charge, is not is not bad. But when you're um, like run and charge in this game is actually pretty good. Uh, but when you're if you've got a general that can shoot anyway and you're moving twice, um, is run and charge really that good? Uh, it's kind of it's kind of redundancy built into this, but then the second part of it is friendly units aren't affected by the deadly scenery rule if they start a move wholly within twelve of this general. Um, how many games have you played where deadly factors into your your model placement considerations? Yeah, it's pretty niche now. I think in the old yeah. deadly when it had the <laughs> killed models on a one, you'd consider it, but with the new one yeah. now, it's just D three models. You just don't care. 
No. No. When an entire model was removed, then it actually meant something. That was changed, I think, even before this book came out. So, um, And then the second one, which is OK, uh, is Druid of the Everspring Circle. So essentially make it a, your um, general able to cast one spell from the Law of Leaves in their hero phase. And, or if they're already a wizard, they know all the spells from the Law of Leaves, which is not horrible, but we don't really have any multicast uh, wizards. So even if they know all the spells... They can only cast one. I think Alariel is the exception. She can cast three, but you can't um, actually give this to her. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, what's the other one? The Lord Arcana Montorolon has two spells. So yeah. everyone else is a one cast. So I don't think you're ever really going to take that one either. But the one you are going to take and the one that you are going to see on basically every general in the Living City uh, is the Iron Oak Artisan. Um, so... That ability allows you to add one to save rolls for attacks that target this general, and in addition, add one to wound rolls for attacks made by uh, made with melee weapons by this general. So amazing! Plus one to armor saves and plus one to wound rolls. Yeah, like is that not even is that not plus, an auto take? One save is normally you'd be like, yeah, cool, I'll take that, or like plus one to wound, you'd be like, okay, I'll take that, and you're like, oh, both, yep. sure, sure, yeah, yeah. So this has particular utility on models like Star Drakes that have multiple uh, profiles that you get plus one to wound rolls for all your profiles. Um, yep. And Star Drakes love having plus one armor save, especially when they've got a cast element as well, which gives you another plus ones. There are one plus re-rolling ones, mortals on successful re-rolls. So I think, yeah, and what else can it be used on? An anointed on Frostheart, he goes to a three plus armor save. Uh, and then if you cast a spell near him, he goes back to two plus, which was, you know, the reason why people took so many of the anointed on frost arts. Yep. Um, what else can you think of? Dirthu. Regal general on Griffin. For, for oh, Dirthu yeah. on a two up. Dirthu is on a two up, and he's on it, and his sword is a two plus to wound. Also good. Uh, free Guild General on Griffin, because the Griffin attacks all get plus one to wound, which is good, and he gets a two plus when he's got a lance and a shield, so that's also like a really good option. Uh, and uh, I, I often have to decide between taking a, a you know, a Durthu or taking a Free Guild General as my Griffin, so those are, you know, there's always good options for that. <clears throat> yeah. And then basically any Stormcast character has a three plus armor save, so it works yeah. well on basically every single Stormcast character that might be a general. Yeah, Torlon. That yep. can make make them a two up with ten wounds. Not too yep. not too shabby. And then they're threes and threes anyway with two profiles. So I think yeah. I'd, um, put them down to twos to wound, which is nice. Yeah, like it's just and even putting that on like we were talking about before the uh, the Lord Arcanum on Torlon. Like even he is amazing with that because he's actually got a really good weapon and the the Torlon's claws or whatever they are are pretty good as well. So. Yeah, I think the main um, thing as well is that it's a trait that gives you the plus one save. Normally, yep. like that, it uses <clears throat> it's an artifact slot. So, um, I guess the only issue is normally you'd be going, "Ah, oh, cool, I can get mortal wound protection from Ignex scales." But obviously, you can't do that in this one because you have to be from Garan. So, um, that's that's the only bummer really with with this is that normally I'd be going sweep my Star Drakes on a two up save re-rolling ones and I haven't used my artifact slot so I'd take an Ignax scales but you can't because you're in Gairan so it is balanced yep. a little bit out um by that by that limitation 
but you just take an anointed and then you go four up anyway against every wound. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> uh, right, do you want to go through the um through the artifacts then? Yeah, sure. Um so yeah, again, these maybe have a little bit more use than the others, but again, to be honest, I think there's really only one of these that you're gonna see unless you've got a battalion. Um so the one yep. that you probably probably least likely to see oh, it depends on your build i guess but i would probably say is the the wardroth horn um which is once per battle in the hero phase you can sound the horn basically until the start of your next hero phase you add one to the attacks characteristic of melee weapons by living city sylvaneth units so that's nice um like if you've got multiple dirthus maybe getting plus one attack across a few swords but if it's just Durthu that you've got, that's only your really kind of melee offensive Sylvaneth unit, because it's only the Sylvaneth units. If it was all Living yeah. City, it'd be amazing, but because it's just the <laughs> yeah. Sylvaneth, it's, it's definitely more restricted. Um, the only thing that potentially would be if you decided to take like a block of Kurnoth Hunters with sides or something, or swords. Um, that are like already six, about 50% overpriced. But yeah, they're a bit expensive. They don't have yep. shooting attacks, so they can't really benefit from the coming on from the board edge or the extra movements, and then they're slow, or they're going to be attempting a nine-inch charge from the board edge. So you're probably not putting those melee kernots in, but they're probably the thing that would benefit from this the most. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think you see it that much. Um, the next one is the Deep Mire Cloak, which is interesting, but because I think, especially as we move forward... Um, with the amount of mortal wound damage from just board wide or from really far away is basically going to make uh, like item what? <laughs> redundant. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically it's if the bearer has a wounds characteristic of six or less while they're in cover, they can't be chosen to be the target of a missile weapon. So that would still get around sentinels because it's not about line of sight. They just physically can't be chosen. Yeah. Um, so you could protect a six, or less wound hero from being shot by stuff that doesn't need line of sight because they physically Perfect. can't be chosen as the attack. But it's only the target of a missile weapon. So anything that is just like a ranged ability of pick something within 18 and do this or mortal wound spells or anything like that, it doesn't matter. And it, it can only be on something that's six wounds or less. So you're basically dead in the water anyway. Um, yeah. And then if the bearer has a wounds characteristic of seven or more, while they're in cover, then you just subtract one from hit rolls made with missile weapons against them. So, eh, maybe if they're seven or more, but still get lookout, sir, and they're near units in cover, then you can start getting minus two. But yeah, yeah. probably would just be going straight for the Spear of the Hunt. <clears throat> so that is you pick yes. one of the bearer's melee weapons and you improve the rend characteristic by one. And just like our lovely command trait, it's got a double benefit. So in addition, the bearer and their mount fights at the start of the combat phase if they've made a charge in the same turn, and then they can't fight again unless they're allowed to from other spells or abilities, which you wouldn't get any from this um, city. No. But that's amazing for an artifact. Plus one to wound and always fights first when you charge. And plus one to rend. Sorry, plus yeah, and plus one to rend from this artifact, yeah. And then if yep. you've combined that with the trait, you've got plus one save, yep. plus one to wound, plus one rend, fighting first. Yeah brilliant yeah suddenly it's just De yeah. Dirthu is very reliable he's quite survivable star drake even more so it's uh um, yep. you can make some really very powerful characters with this and the fact that they go at the start also effectively like if they charge means that you basically get two activations in a row because you get something that goes at the start and then you get your normal activation 
Yeah. So or it, you it have to just nullify all those other always strikes first things as well. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it, it, it's a really good artifact, and I think it's the one you you will see ninety nine point nine percent of the time. To be honest. Unless you're taking gear strike, which is like amazing. Yeah. Of oh, we'll these, we'll get on to that three. Of these three, it's the one you'll see all the time. Of these but, three, it's definitely the one yeah. that you're going to take. Yeah. Um. So then we move on to the spell law, which is okay. I don't think it's amazing. Um, don't you? In, I do. The, mm, okay. I it's, think it's amazing. Maybe I just don't have that many casters in the lists I tend to write, and so you yeah. don't use it that much. Um, but yeah, so it's it's only got three spells, like most of them. So it's got Life Surge, which is cast on a six, and it's pick a friendly model within 18 and visible to the caster, and you just, it's a D6 heal. So that's great. Like, Alarial, awesome. She's got her own D3 to everything, plus one from the trait, plus a D6. Like, yep. she's getting more healing here than she is in Sylvaneth. Mm, maybe. I mean, Sylvaneth have their own have their own D6 heal anyway, but yeah. it, it essentially gives you the ability to retain that D6 heal that you you don't have to lose it by losing out on Sylvaneth Allegiance. If you include yep, Sylvaneth, exactly. you, you still get it. Um, yep. The next one's Cage of Thorns, which is cast on a 7. So you pick one enemy unit within 18 of the caster and again visible to them. You halve the move characteristic of that unit until the start of your next hero phase. And in addition, until the start of your next hero phase, the first time that unit moves, it takes D6 mortal wounds. So, right. yeah, that is that is a great spell. Um, you half something's move, and then everyone still obviously goes, well, fine, I'm still going to move. But then actually you're yeah. like, well... If you do move, it's D6 more wins. You cannot yep. move at all. So effectively, you make that unit not move, or you give your opponent the choice. Like, do you want to take D6 more wins and be half move? Or do you want to be zero move and not take D6 more wins? Yeah. And that's the thing. So that it's best, like, it's obviously best placed on individual characters because D6 wounds can kill most, you know, well, 33% of the time kill a five wound character. So that's the the gamble that your opponents are taking it. Like eighteen inches isn't that bad either. Um, but if you put this on those annoying characters that fly um, and can get around a lot of things, like you know, like bloodthirsters or um, like Nagash or I guess Tekla soon, you know, like all those guys, like T six mortal wounds is not nothing to them. A lot of them do ignore it. Uh, or, or can ignore them, but D6 model wins is decent, especially when uh, you know they're a flying model that has a move that's over 10 inches. Instead of doing that, they're going you know between what five to eight inches, probably on average. Like you, you're doing. Uh, I just think this spell's amazing. It's I think it, this is my favorite one, and that's saying something because Iron Oak Skin's also really good. Yeah, so Iron Oak Skin is cast on a six. Uh, if successfully cast, pick a friendly unit wholly within 18 of the caster invisible to them, and you subtract wound rolls. Uh, one from wound rolls for attacks that target that unit until your next hero phase. So that is good. Um, like It's the Frostheart Phoenix buff, essentially. Um, yep. And plus one armor save, and minus one from wound on a Frostheart. Yeah. So suddenly you've got minus two to wound, plus one armor save. Yeah. Um, Probably plus one from Minor Gardison. Like, so you're a two plus two plus armor save with minus two to wound. Like, your yeah. Frosty isn't dying anytime soon. Yeah. They are good spells. I just wonder about the... You have to cast them. And I think yeah. there's no there's no innate casting buffs 
in this city other than your obligatory hurricaneum to give you plus yep. one um like Alarial can cast three spells great but she can only know one of these and also she has no yep. buffs to cast especially yep. because you lose what makes her more reliable in sylvaneth of throne of vines you don't get that here so she's not a reliable caster um no. and she can only do one of these anyway so it's they are good spells but i just think especially if you try and then build some more magic prowess into the list you struggle to have the other things you want because you're trying to meet the one in four you're trying to get decent units um and i i've just yeah. found that i can't i never really am trying to rely on those spells even though they are arguably good spells i just think that they don't they're not reliable and i don't think they'll I don't think you'll get to use them or get the benefit from them as much as you would think from reading them. No. So we'll, we'll talk later, but like my, I've got a sorceress with dread spears in my list and she's literally just there to cast the iron oak skin on the frosty and send it flying out towards the opponent. So, you know, the, you, you always get either a plus two with the, with the sorceress or a plus one with the hurricane and, and a mage. So hitting like a five a four or five is still pretty doable. Um, but everyone's good at dispelling these days. These days, so yeah, for whatever that's worth. Yep. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that's all of the allegiance abilities for Living City. So, should we? Do you want to talk through some kind of key units? Although we've kind of already done that. Um, yeah. For Living City, or do you want to just dive straight into a list and kind of talk about generally the the sort of play style and and, and the kind of things you'll probably see in most Living City lists that are built uh, to be fairly competitive? Yeah. So I think that so that the characters are obviously very key. So. Um, when I'm designing a living city list, I'm looking for who's going to benefit from the Ino artisan uh, and uh, one of the other, you know, artifacts that you can get. So in a lot of the lists, as I said before, I have a Frostheart anointed on Frostheart Phoenix just because Ino artisan works so well um, on him um, and uh, synergizes well with the rest of the army, and it's never bad to have a general uh, anointed as a general because it means you can have Phoenix Guard as your battle line. So brilliant. That's it's a really good option to take. Um, the other one that I've been looking at recently is, as we mentioned before, the Star Drake. Um, so he's still, in my opinion, overcosted for what he does. Um, but um, when you've got uh, when you've got a Star Drake paired with a Castellan who can get to a one-up to save re-rolling ones and then any successes on that second dice roll dealing a mortal wound to every unit within three inches. Uh, and then on top of that, you've got a healing spell for D6 every turn on him. Um, in addition, you've got the Castellans thing that if you uh, make a successful armor save with his buff and with the Iron Oak Artisan of a five plus, he heals a wound. And then you've also got the extra heal one wound um, every single turn anyway. Um, so the Star Drake actually, I think, is is probably one of my favourite picks for the Living City General. He doesn't give you any other benefits, but he's just a he's just a massive tank, um, and you can throw him at stuff, and you can be pretty confident that he's not going to die. Um, and in the current meta, um, well, sorry, the pre-COVID meta, which was heavy with um, uh, with Zench, the guy on Star Drake monsters units of horrors, so. And if you can engage two units of horrors once, you're laughing because he, even with their minus one rend, like he's still on two up re-rolling ones, 
to wound and any fails and then successes he does a mortal wound to each of the the units that he's within three inches of i just think that he's he's just such a good choice uh in living city what do you think yeah definitely um star drake is the the first pick probably i go to outside of sylvaneth units um being a dearthu that uh, again i just think dearthu. The, the trade um the command trait and the artifact as you Bruce said are just amazing on a on a star drake um just the ability to not need to take a castle and, and have a two up save built in it, it, it even it's not just that it's the fact that if you take the castle he has to be able to keep up and with the amount of movement and how fast the star drake is compared to him you probably you, you're going to do your land once and then probably be out of range of it unless you are slowing your star drake down which you don't really want to do so well the thing that i like about that is that he's range 18 and it's not wholly within it's just within because it's got old book syndrome so being within 18 inches of the back of um star Trek's base is actually not that difficult oh, wait no it is wholly within oh no okay i'll take it back <laughs> yeah so um, yeah that's fair because he is a large base so it is difficult to actually keep him in bubbles that's yeah, you're kind of trying to keep him within 12, and the Star Drake's out moving him every turn yep. by eight inches or so. And then, yeah, fair. if you double move, then I mean, you can't double move with a normal Star Drake, but um, yeah, I don't know. I it's also just I like it because you essentially save the hundred odd points on the Castellan, and then you don't lose the plus one if somebody kills him as well. Because we're yep. going forward as well, any list that's got five or six wound foot heroes is kind of risky if unless they've got good more <laughs> wound saves um yep. let's be honest so the fact that you don't care like you you've got your two up reroll ones bouncing back if, if nothing else and the fact that you yep. have fighting stuff with no rend you can heal on on those rolls of six and then you've like you say you're healing anyway you've got a spell to heal it's um yep. yeah the star drake is good he brings a lot of utility um he it makes him it makes it easier to kind of see the value in his points um but i agree he is still very expensive compared to other stuff that is coming out um or that is around for even stuff that's more expensive it's still probably better they're probably better value because they do so much more like he, he he will get stuck on not even that hard stuff like single models um, he he doesn't really kill them, and you can quite easily just get stuck with him. And someone yep. can hold you with a model that costs two hundred points, and he's stuck. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Look, he's not he's not horrible. He's not he's made to eat hordes, and there aren't that many hordes around these days. That's the problem, I think, with him. Yeah, I think the thing that would make him interesting is actually the bites, um, or potentially the Drake Swarm because he can move so fast because of the bow. He can go twice and still have yeah. that two ups. Still have the two up save. I think just thinking about realm lords, for example, it sounds like all their unit champions are going to be really important, like making them wizards and yep. the, for the wardens, they're the thing that lets them shine the light, so they don't need line of sight, etc. So actually, if you suddenly have a star drake that can fly in thirty two inches and then it can do its bites, and you can just pick those models yeah and it's on two ups and they don't have a way of getting those models back unless they take life to yeah. one which i'm not sure you'll see um it, they could actually be really useful for that and it might be something yeah. where they might struggle to actually kill the star drake yeah. with a two up one up reroll ones 
bouncing back mortals. So yep, and that was that not, was actually something as well. Damage. Yeah, in the so the the first thing you know we were talking about the spell buffs earlier. Um, the Star Trek has that arcane lineage thing, which allows which adds and adds one to casting roll for just friendly wizards within eighteen. Yeah, and then subtract one from enemy wizards while they were within one what eighteen inches. So I was, look, I was looking at this guy as basically a hard counter to Zench. Um, when I was making these lists, and I think he does that quite well. But the other thing that he does against Zench is, as you mentioned, he eats single models. If you eat that standard bearer from the horror unit, they can't do the one and bring models back. So that's, yeah. I think that's pretty key. Yeah. the The issue there is you would love to put, as I said before, you'd love to put Ignac scales on, but you just can't. And it's the one yeah. weakness because, yeah, I mean, mortal wounds are still going to take him down. You just have to hope yep. that you can cast your heal spells and they can't do kind of... That's right. you got to try and out-heal them. But, yeah. Um. Anyway, so should we kind of just jump straight into a list? Yeah, we can do that. I just want to I just want to make special mention of Durthu because we've spoken about him a few times. I think we should talk about why he's so amazing. I imagined he'd be in your list, but... He is in my list, so why don't, why don't we go through my... So the, the other thing I just want to make mention of with Living City lists is that a lot of my lists, um, I've got one anchor unit, which is basically always Phoenix Guard, who start on the board, um, and I've got one unit that comes on from the side. So on the list that I'm going to go through now, it's a unit of 30 handgunners, um, which uh, come on from the side, basically, with a Celestial Huracanum for the plus one to hit. Um as like as as your kind of flanking force, and I quite like them. Um, this has all been built on a list that I actually um, played at the Australian First Heat, um, which was a while ago now. Um, but it was it was very much a meme list. I was just doing it for the shits and giggles, basically. But um, ended up actually doing really well with it and came fourth overall, and played on the top table against uh, Luke McFadden and his um, his Ideneth, which. I almost won, but it got away from me in the end. Um, but that I went from a meme list to a list that I think is quite well refined and actually works really well on the tabletop. So I'll go through my list. Uh, if people want to get in touch about the the other Sylvaneth, it was a Sylvaneth heavy 12 drop list basically, uh, trying to drop um, a Wildwood on the table with the, within Tree Lord Ancient and getting Durthu within whatever inches yeah. of that and then summoning dryads but it never it never worked like <laughs> it never yeah. it came it came together in one game and that was the final against um against luke and it didn't work then so that that was the gimmick that it was built around but this is i think more of an optimized list um so in my heroes i've got uh the general isn't anointed on frosty with iron oak artisan so that's you know self-explanatory we've talked about that to death um, Celestia Huracanum uh, with a mage on top, and he's got Life Search. Um, then I've got, uh, as we we're discussing before, a Sorceress uh, with Iron Oak Skin. Um, oh, I didn't put Cage of Thorns. Oh, well, she's got Iron Oak Skin because I think that that goes with the, the Anointed better, essentially makes him unkillable. Um, and then finally, I have the Spirit of Durthu with the Gear Strike Artifact. Gear strike, gear strike. No, it's gear strike. It's definitely gear strike. Um, so that's I'll, essentially that's an artifact from um, 
guy Ran that you uh, that gives you plus one to hit and wound on one of your weapons. Um, now Durthu carries uh, a guardian sword, um, which is a th- range three, three attacks, threes to hit, threes to wound, minus two rend, and six damage when he's taken one to two wounds. And when you give him the gear strike, he goes up to twos to hit, twos to wound, rend two, six damage. And in that list I was talking about before, when he was holding within eight inches of a, a wildwood, he had five attacks at twos and two. So, like, it's he's he's all right, but he's used as a flanker in this list. So he will always come on from the side of the table because I think a lot of people would agree that Durthu's main drawback is that he's super squishy and that you can kill him quite easily before he gets in with his six damage, six guardian sword. Yeah, I mean, you don't even uh, have to kill him. As soon as he's taken no. three wounds, it becomes D6, and it's just a massively yep. decreased output from him. Yep. And, like, it's it, it's not it's not horrible, because in Living City, even if he takes a couple of wounds in combat, you can heal him back, uh, or he just intrinsically heals himself back. So, it's, it's like, he's, he's, I think he's at his best in Living City. And since he got those recent point drop, was that GHB last year, or was that since yeah. then? Was that the FAQ? I can't remember which one, um, but he he's less points now, so he's actually quite good for 300 points, I think. Um, so the trick with him is that you bring him on, target something within 15 inches, um, do your six shots that are forced to hit threes to wound, minus one random D3 damage, and then spend a command point uh, to move him five inches. And then if you've placed him well and he's you know nine inches away from something, he's got a four-inch charge to get into it. Uh, with his maximum output. So I quite like Durthu in this list. I think it was... Um, we were talking with Smorgan when he was arg- making the argument for the, the um, for the spear over the, the gear strike. Uh, yeah, I think because... Hunt. Yeah, because you get the plus one to wound from that anyway, and you've got a hurricane and the plus one to hit. So that way you get... Um, you're twos and twos anyway. Yeah, um, but and then you, that means that Durthu has top. to be the general. Yeah, but then you've got Ren yeah. 3 and you get to go first, so you yep. can combine it with another unit. Um, yep. So, yeah. I play it slightly different, um, mainly because I want the general to be an anointed on Frosty, so that's that's the only real reason why I play it different in Gear Strike if you that twos and twos, so yeah, it's quite solid. Uh, then the battle line in this list uh, is 10 bleak swords, as I said before. They're literally just for the sorceress to hang around with. Um, 30 Phoenix Guard, my, my hammer. Um, again, they work quite well with an anointed in the lists. Uh, they're the best They're the best unit in the, in the entire book, so you'd be silly not to try and take them. And then the third unit is a unit of 30 handgunners. Um so again, the thought with these guys is that you bring them on with a Hurricanum, they don't count as moving, so they get their plus one to hit. They also get a plus one to hit uh, with the Hurricanum. So when the turn that you bring them on, um, you've got twos to hit and threes to wound um, with 30 or 29 shots and something within 16 inches. So they're just, they're just solid for what they do for 300 points. And then if the opponent decides to send something out to try and get at them, uh, you get a stand and shoot again with um, you're on threes and threes. So I think they're good. Yeah, they're, they're very good. 
I think you can make an argument to take a different shooting unit in this army, um, such as Iron Drakes or Sisters of the Watch. Um, but I I think that the free guild handgunners for 300 points, the 30 wounds, you can bring them on, shoot something, and you, you can shoot just with um, the Hockland Long Rifle. Um, so even if there's nothing to shoot within 16 inches, if you're moving them on for a crucial objective grab in the you know the third turn of the, or the second or third turn of the game, uh, you can move them on, just shoot with a long rifle, and then move them with the CP onto an objective, uh, which is relevant in quite a lot of scenarios. And you've got 30 wounds on that objective now, so yeah, they're good. There's not much else to say. I think a lot of people argue crossbows versus handgun uh, versus handguns, but I just like the handguns for the standard shoot because they're not going to ignore the unit and they're going to throw something at it. So being able to stand a shoot is pretty good. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, the sisters of the watch would be a really good call. Um, yep. I just think they're a bit expensive at the moment is the only problem. Yep, and they, they have the standard shoot as well, so they, they perform yep. a similar role, but they're 180 points uh, over the handgunners. Um but they do mortals and they kind of fit the theme. So I could understand if people wanted to run, you know, sisters of the watch um, over the, over the handgunners and they get a higher output of shots as well. So like I have, I have considered them um, and they take, they take buffs quite well, but their problem is, is also that they don't have any rend. And I don't think that the, um, the mortal wounds that they do make up for not having any rend. Yeah. But they're good. I'm not going to say they're not good because they are good. Uh, and then finally in the list, sh 10 Shadow Warriors because it's good bringing stuff on from the sides, but when you really want to bring something on just right on top of an objective, like there are a couple of scenarios like focal points that just have one in the middle that sometimes you just need to drop something on um, and the Shadow Warriors are it and they're always a good option. And they can move and reposition as well because they shoot. So do I need to say anything else? about shadow warriors i think i love them no, i think yeah they're great one they unit in every list pretty much yeah i don't necessarily always put a unit in um if i've built the points just depending on the points but they are if i ever have kind of spare as i'm looking to fill stuff it will basically be okay shadow warriors uh chariots what can i put in because they're just the most kind of points effective things that you can take in cities in multiples that will just always be useful um like especially the chariots for 60 yep. points they're fast they've got a pretty decent shooting attack for how cheap they are um and yeah they're just they're just useful so any of these lists i think if you if you've got that like between 60 120 if you're just going oh what should i take you're just like okay chariots shadow warriors whatever yep. they work they work in all the yep. cities because everything they do well they do it on their war scrolls so you don't yep. need to invest. and then i've got yeah i've got quick silver swords as well just for an endless spell just because 30 points in the current meta that's zen chevy they're like they kill off character return so instead of being 1960 with all the models it's 1990 in total with the swords so yeah still a, chance at, still a chance at a triumph yeah, you got you got a you got an all right bid for a triumph. Um, I think in this list as well, like it's basically any city's list. If you've got a big block 
um, of infantry, then you obviously want to triumph because it, it force multiplies the more models that you've got and the more attacks that you've got. So if you get a triumph, it's good on the handgunners or the Phoenix Guard. It doesn't really matter which one you put it on. Yeah. Um, so that's that list. And then my, my other one is fairly similar. Um, it's just got um, the Lord Celestant and a Lord Castellant in the hero slots. Um, and it's still got the, the 30 handgunners. I've got Hurricane without a hero on top. Uh, and then just an anointed on foot. So that's also quite a good solid list. Um, that's 1970, so it, it makes a fairly decent bid um, for a decent bid for a triumph. Like 30 points is a pr like you're pretty much guaranteed the triumph at that stage, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Um, it's still got the sorceress. It's still got a unit of 10 bleak swords. You just because um, because the Lord Celestine becomes the general, um, you just have to get an extra battle line, which I just put free guild guard in because they're just good for 80 points. Um, so that list that, that this list is basically just built around. Um, the it's just basically built around the star drake and it's an excuse to get him in um so it's star drake castle and anointed on foot sorceress 30 handgunners 10 free guild guard 10 bleak swords hurricane and without a guy on top and then 30 phoenix guard and that's 1970. yeah solid <laughs> yeah yep so those are my those are my two variants of living city um as I said, the one that I took to the tournament and was fairly successful with uh, was a Tree Lord Ancient Durthu, uh, a Branch Wraith, the one that summons Dryads. Um, yep. A, I think it was, I can't even remember now. It was a Block of Phoenix Gut. There's always a Block of Phoenix Gut. Of course, of course there was a Block of Phoenix Gut. <laughs> what a stupid thing to say. Um, uh, block Phoenix Guard, and I didn't have much that um, I had two units of handgunners um, in that list that came on from the side. So that that kind of made me change my opinion from having little units come on from the side to a big unit that comes on from the side, um, because I was finding that I was bringing on ten handgunners and the Hurricane, and that it wasn't really doing much. Um, and so I thought, look, you, I can multiply into that um, and bring on something better, basically. Uh, and that that's what turned into the 30 handgunners. Um, yeah. But it was, a, it, it was a decent list and it played quite well. The, it just kind of revolves around putting um, a Wildwood Forest on the table uh, and yeah. then getting Durthu and the Dryad summons off, which never really happened when I needed them to. So, yeah. Yeah, needs a seven and no casting buffs, so yeah, exactly doesn't work. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I had, I also had. Sorry, I had three. Um, and, I, and we should probably make mention of this. I had three gyrocopters in that in that list as well. Um, with the is it the brimstone guns? Is that the non steam gun option? Yep. Yep. Um, because they could come on from the side, shoot something, and then reposition sixteen. So if someone had something that I wanted to hit within um, is it 15 inches of the edge? Anyway, I can't do the math off the top of my head now, but basically you deploy six on and then you move 
13, so something within 19 inches of the edge. So you deploy six on, you move 13 um, inches, and then you move back your other three so that you're not engaging them in combat, but you move far enough to drop your bombs on them. Um, so what's that? Six and 13. Yeah, within 19 inches. Um, and I actually did that to good effect. I think I killed, uh, what did I kill? I killed someone's character. They put them out on a flank by themselves and the gyrocopters came on, shot them with their guns and then dropped 3D3 mortal wounds on them. So uh, I think in this in this army, um, the bombers are not a horrible option. Yep. Because um, they can drop bombs they move, every right? round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a normal move when you do this. So if if you got the optimal combo off, you'd be dropping bombs twice a turn on a target, which is is amazing. Like that's on average five d three water wounds on a target. So yeah, because they've got the clagger, uh, yeah, and they're quite they're quite yep. cheap, aren't they? So the only yep. problem is to do that. You need CP, and the main yeah ma the main drawback with this city is there's no way of kind of farming CP other than the city's general thing of having an adjutant nearby yep. um which oh, sorry i should make note of that in my list that i spoke about before i did buy a cp as well to get it to 1990 yeah yeah i think you probably will quite a lot of the time just because if you straight away as you say you're bringing on a unit of shooters and the hurricane and it's like okay well i guess you don't need cp to bring them on um you just need cp to move again so you could just bring the hurricane on and the buff's already in range. And then if you exactly. want to then yeah. move the unit, you only need one. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it lets you, otherwise you can wait a few turns and then bring on stuff from multiple board edges. I think that's where it combos nicely with the um, Spear of the Hunt letting you go first because it does let you go, okay, I'm going to spend two CP and you can come on from two different places and go first in both those places. So yep. if, if it's on your turn and you've, you've come in, you've charged, you hit at the start and then you hit with the other unit as well, um, you can quite suddenly put pressure on that was completely off the board and your opponent wasn't expecting it. It's quite, it's quite hard to screen against because you can get a decent amount of shooting and then you still get the moves because normally people will just screen and then you shoot off the screen and it's like, cool, you can't charge anything now because you're nine away from where that screen was. But because of the moving after the fact you just get closer and it makes it so much easier to make those charges yep. so yeah living city is one that i think does have it's got some play i think it's strong it just is a bit more tactical i think to get the most out of it yep um but yeah i'll i'll, I'll quickly run through a list but um that i've got just because it's gone down kind of the different route um i think to what you've done um but there's similar sort of elements in it um so I have gone for the Spirit of Death of General with the Spear of the Hunt and I know Cartazan in this one. So when he's next to the Hurricane, well, within range of the Hurricaneum, which I've got with a Battle Mage, then he can be twos and twos. Um, with a, He's a two-up save, Rend three um, going first. So it's decent. Um, and then I've got the Hurricaneum with Battle Mage. I've got Cage of Thorns um, in this list. Um, it's the one thing if you could get two hurricanes or you can get away to give that <laughs> hurricane a second cast then that's the one thing i didn't talk about is cage of thorns does actually stack really nicely with um their war scroll spell um comet of cassandora because yep. it's you compare versus their movement characteristic uh it's a 2d6 roll and if it's less than or equal to the move characteristic that unit suffers d3 mortal wounds but if it's greater than the unit's move characteristic they suffer d6 yep. so you can 
half their move characteristic with Cage of Thorns do probably D6 from casting um, Comet of Cassandora on them, and then they have they're like, well, I've already moved, like I've already taken D6, so I may as well move. But then if you move, they're taking another, Take D6, another D6. So yeah, it can uh, it can stack up nicely, but. I'm not sure of a quick kind of cheap, easy way of doing that. Unless you take, obviously you just take a different wizard to have cage of thorns and the hurricane. Yeah. But then you're not casting one of the law spells with the hurricane because they're not two cast, which is the issue. But yeah. Um, and then I've got a free guild general and a knight of Zeros. Um, my battle line is just 20 crossbows, 10 crossbows, 10 crossbows. Um, because I do like the range 24 means that they are basically going to be in range of, something when you bring them on um i like that you can have one you can have a you, you can do whatever you want with this list you can just put them on the table and play the game normally and spend cp with the free guild general to give them all plus one to hit and plus one to wound and it's 80 shots that will be hitting on twos and wounding on twos like that's still quite good <laughs> um or you can just bring on tens when you need to grab an objective shoot something then move um, they're, they're still pretty effective and then the Azeros is in there obviously just to fly forward and let them reroll ones as well so you can quite easily for one CP have 80 shots that have a what 29 inch effective range that hit on twos rerolling ones and wound on twos um, yeah there's no rend but you can shoot a lot down with that yeah. um, and then I've got the obligatory block of 30 Phoenix Guard um, of course just for a nice <laughs> nice anvil that can also, that can also do a pretty good job at killing um and then i've got six a unit of six colonel thunters with bows mm. um so that is because the hurricane lets the colonels get the plus one to hit which you don't get in sylvaneth so it's kind of a mini and the azeros is giving them the rear ones as well so you got the six shots you got the ones from the hunt master hitting on twos re-rolling ones and then the other guys are hitting on threes re-rolling ones They've got 30 inch range, rend 1d3 on each one of those shots, but also they're really resilient. Um, at the end of the day, they're going to be getting a bit of the healing, and it is 30 wounds that you put them in cover. It's not, you don't need much terrain to get six Colonel Thunters in cover, and then they've got a three up re rolling in combat. You can quite easily use them to just bunker down on one of yours and have some defense because, other than the Phoenix Guard, the list is quite squishy like even if your death who's got a top save he's one character and you're probably going to be using him to try and attack your opponent so anything that comes to you you can find it kind of hard to defend multiple objectives so the kernoths let you just sit back still do all their ranged output and then you can have 10 crossbows 20 crossbows sitting behind them um as your bodies on the objective you can have 30 phoenix guard and a blob on the other side and then you can use your death who plus take you've got your threat of sending 10 crossbows on from the board edge and moving on to add bodies um so it's it's got multiple kind of threats and it can be played differently you can use the board edge teleporting shooting moving if opportunity presents itself and you're playing against an army where that works or you can just sit it back and do 80 shots twos re-rolling ones by twos from the crossbows plus the kernoths with D rend one and d3 damage for the more armored stuff sitting behind 30 phoenix guard and you've still got the threat of Durthu as well, so um, it gives you some it gives you some options. Mm. Good. The Kernoth, I've, I've I haven't really looked at because I think there's better shooting options in the city's intrinsic units. But you know you can't argue with the thirty inch uh, 
a 30 inch bow range um, and they are as you say resilient especially if you get them in cover um, so yeah I think they're a good good choice they're not the worst if you because six bodies like it's not loads but with the shooting and with Durthu, if you want to just sneak an objective off someone mm. they're not a bad candidate for the move on from the board edge because they've got the shooting so they can come on nine away but then they've got their bows you can shoot something that you're not even bothered about like it's nothing it doesn't need to be anywhere near the objective because they've got 30 inch range but then you get to move five and then you've got Durthu, he's going first and then they can go like they can do some attacks then do their mortal wound stomps but mainly if you've been able to charge into cover sure they're not going to be able to do their re-rolls or get the cover that bonus but the next turn you've still just added six bodies that can without cover have a four up re-rolling and with cover have a three up re-rolling save and then they're yeah. hard to chew through plus when your opponent's trying to deal with Durthu because most of the time it's easy to stop your opponent taking an objective off you if they're only sending one model at you like Durthu but if then yeah. you've got to deal with six Kurnoths that have 30 wounds with decent resilience and you've got to shift them at the same time of Durthu you probably will lose that objective for a turn or two well we all know how hard it is to kill stuff with a three plus armor save re-rolling armor saves because Stupid fucking Mortec Guard. Uh, <laughs> um, and everyone knows how hard it is to kill Mortec Guard. So yeah. if, if you get the Kurnoth in cover, even if they're not killing anything, they're still yeah. nigh impossible to kill. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're good. I, I, I like the, the flexibility in that list. Like I say, you can, you can literally just play it as a normal list on the table and use your CP for buffing the crossbows from the mm. free guild. Um, general, although he probably won't stick around long against anything that's got a croak or a techless or anything. No, not like these days. But um, he's you could cheap. consider giving him the artifact, so, though. Yeah, he could potentially take the one to make him so he can't be targeted. But again, it's magic. I think will still take him off. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that was that was my kind of main, I guess, living cities list. Yeah, it's good. Um, should we? Do you want to take a quick break there, or should we do grey water and then take a break? Oh, look, as I've said, grey water probably won't take very long. So why don't we do grey water first? Sure. Okay, so go straight into it. Grey water fastness and the battle traits for them. So grey water fastness also has to be from Goran. Um, the, this one it has rune law. So in your hero phase, one grey water fastness rune lord gets to chant um, a prayer in addition to any that they can normally do. And it's basically on a one, the prayer is not answered, but on a two up, it's answered. So you get to... Pick a friendly Iron World Arsenal War Machine within three of that model, and until the start of your next hero phase, you get to add one to hit rolls for attacks made with missile weapons by that unit. So, yep. yeah, three extra prayer for one rune yep. lord. Two up, plus one to hit. Fine. Um, and I'm just going to point out that it is unit, so I think the best utility for this is on a unit of gyrocopters with, with steam guns, plus one to hit. All yeah. three of the models get it. So They're the only one that is a war machine that's more than one model, so... Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think you would put it on anything else, really. Maybe a steam tank, if you've got one in the list. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I think the gyrocopters are, as you say, the main the main thing you'd see, I think, in a grey water army anyway. Um, yeah. Mainly because of this next one, which is Home of the Great Iron World Gut Guilds. Increase the range character characteristic of missile weapons used by friendly grey water fastness iron world arsenal units by three. Doesn't affect the minimum range if they have one. In addition, if you're fighting a pitch battle, which you probably are, you would include you can include one additional Ironworld Arsenal artillery unit in your army. So 
anything that's Iron World Arsenal gets plus three inch range. And the main thing for that is the eight inch range on the steam guns on the gyrocopters yep. becomes 11 inches, which is actually quite a significant increase when they're hitting every model within that range. Um, otherwise, most of your war machines are probably 36, 48 potential inches anyway. So plus three, mm, meh. Yep. So I just want to point out here, because it's been brought up a few times, again, in the Cities of Sigma Facebook group, uh, this only applies to Ironweld Arsenal units, and the most the, the ones that you'll be seeing most are gyrocopters, uh, steam tanks, and uh, the Hellstrom, uh, Hellstorm artillery batteries. It doesn't affect your handgunners. It doesn't affect uh, your Iron Drakes. It doesn't affect your Hurricanum. So all those things, because they aren't Ironweld Arsenal, um, I don't know why they didn't just get rid of that keyword, but um, essentially the things that that are that if, that it applies to are the rockets, the steam tanks, and the and the the gyrocopters and gyrobombers. Yeah, it's it's not your normal troops, basically. It's it's yeah. your it's it's your artillery pieces, basically. Yeah. Um, and then the command ability you get for Greywater is salvo fire. So you get to use it at the in your shooting phase. You pick one friendly grey water fastness free guild handgunners unit or Iron Drake's unit, wholly within 12 inches of a grey water fastness hero, and you get to add one to hit rolls for attacks made with missile weapons until the end of that phase. And you can't stack it, basically. So, I mean, it's not bad. Spend a Do CP we need more plus ones plus to hit, hit, though? But You're always yeah. taking a Hurricanum, and if you're trying to make your... Like the iron drags are on a two plus with that anyway, and then with the handgunners, like if you, if you're taking you're gonna take the handgunners, <laughs> you're going to take the general that gives a plus one hit and wound. So you're already on a two plus to hit. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it's it's whatever. It's there. It's a thing. But this city, like our book, is not one that needs like multiple plus ones to hit. Yeah, it's weird because it's one of those things where so many other armies would be like, oh my god, this is an amazing command ability. And you're like, yeah, but I don't need to be like plus five to hit. <laughs> no, if this was plus one to wound for Salvo Fire, I reckon that this city would be a whole lot better. Yeah. But as it is. Yeah. Let's go on to command trade. <laughs> yeah, do you want to take us through? Yeah. So first one, I think the, the one that you're... Draw much of a muchness, really. I think Drill Master is the one you'll see the most. So the, the one you probably won't see very often is Seed on the Council. Uh, so at the start of your hero phase, if there's generals on the battlefield, roll a dice on a 4+, plus, you get an extra command point. So you, you can potentially command point farm with that and a um, and an adjutant, but you don't really have a lot of places to spend command points in this city. So I think that that's probably the least likely one to be seen. Um Gulmir Ranger is probably the second most likely one. So in your shooting phase, friendly units wholly within 12 of this general can shoot even if they ran in the same turn, which is not its not horrible. Um, and I think it's worth consideration. Um, but the one that I think will be everywhere in a grey water fastest list is Drill Master. So reroll hit rolls of one for attacks maybe with missile weapons by friendly grey water fastest units, wholly within 12 of this general, and the general needs to be more than three inches away from enemy units. So it's just a bubble of reroll one to hit, which is great. Yeah. And I think that's what you're going to see um, in this army. Because, I mean, the problem with this is that in grey water, and I think the problem with grey water is that you are basically shoehorned into the battalion. Um, which 
we probably should talk about Living City Battalion, but no one should ever run it. So I don't think it's I don't think it's overly relevant. But I think in Grey Water Fastness, uh, their battalion is re- relevant because I think it's basically the only reason why you'd be running the list, and you already get to reroll ones to hit with uh, rocket batteries um, with a cogsmith within three inches. So it's you got multiple bubbles of plus one to hit uh, to reroll ones to hit, which is not horrible. But again, I don't. It's a bit more of the redundancy. Greywater Fastest is very much the city of redundancy. Yeah. Um, the one thing I think the main use probably for me would, for Gourmet Ranger would be Iron Drakes. Um, you save that CP that you don't need to spend on the Salvo Fire Command because you're already hitting on twos. Um, and you can just make that run a six if you need to, to just give them, yep. get them up the board and give them an extra six-inch range. It becomes a lot harder for your opponent to screen stuff out or you make them deploy really really deep in which case it's going to take them longer to get to the objective so fine um and it means that you're not relying on casting a bridge in a in an army that doesn't really have that has no pluses to to cast outside of what the other you get from the other cities anyway so um it's nice to know that you don't have to cast the bridge to get the extra range on things like iron drakes and then you can take the azeros anyway and just run him forward to get the reroll ones to hit for them without spending a cp so that would probably be my main use for gulmir ranger yeah yeah it's not um it's not horrible um all right shall i go on to the artifacts yep let's do it i'll talk about these so the first one um actually quite like all of these um and i kind of wish you could take them in a different city um but uh we'll go through it so the first one is steam piston plate mail so add one to save rolls for attacks that target the bearer in addition if the bearer does not have a mount add one to the bearer's move characteristic um, so I think that one of the best places for you that, that people can apply this ability uh, is on, uh, for example, a uh, steam tank with commander. Um, because I don't think that, and no, it doesn't. So um, when you put it on him, the steam tank doesn't count as a mount. Um, so you get plus one. So to move becomes uh, whatever the random dice roll is, typically 2d6 plus one. So you're just increasing that move slightly. Um, but the, the steam tank also goes to um, a two-up armor save, which two-up armor save is pretty good. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, and that's what I've got in my list that I'll talk about later. So I think that that's a solid combo. Um, the second one is Runic Munitions. So I've also got this in the list later, Just, but this is this is just a gimmick. But uh, pick one of the Bearer's Missile Weapons, add one to the damage characteristic of the weapon. So I think the most, if you get to put that in the list, uh, my super secret tech is that you put it on a Knight Venator yeah. um, who has uh, three attacks that are uh, normally damage one, uh, but they're twos to hit and threes to wound, rend one, one damage. But if you give him that, then he's three attacks that are twos to hit. With the Huracanum, one's to hit, so with Lookouts, so two hits. So he's quite a good character sniper. Uh, rend one and damage two. So um, he's, you know, that's, that's all right. I don't think you'd see it on anyone else other than maybe the Cogsmith, um, who's got a damage, is it a damage D3 weapon that the Cogsmith has? Uh, the Grudge Raker. No, D3 shots. D3 shots. D3 shots. Yeah. 
So that also is a, a rend one damage one weapon that can be two damage, but I think it's better on the Night Venator. And he's yep. no one ever runs him anymore, so he's he's fun to play with. Um and then finally, uh the last artifact is the Mastro Mastro Vivetti's magnificent macroscope. Which is just um, the best name for an artifact. Ever. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? Um it's got rare Hishian glass in his telescope. Ooh. I imagine this, uh, so, yeah. this has to be the sculpt with the guy that's got the monocle and the big mustache. Yeah, Maestro like, yeah, Vivetti. Maestro Vivetti. Um, well, Leonardo da Vinci designed all of the steam tanks, didn't he, back in the old world? So, Yeah. Was it da Vinci? I can't remember. I, I know it was just someone that was pretending to be da Vinci. Um, at the start of your first battle round, receive one extra command point. Good. You don't have to do anything for it. You just get it. Uh, again, the problem is, is that this city, you don't really want to spend command points on much. So if that was in Living City or Hammer Hall, it would be amazing. Um, and then in addition, I'd want to hit rolls for attacks mode with missile weapons by the bearer. Um, as we've said, there's not many characters that have good range weapons in Cities of Sigma or in Stormcast. Um, so I think that you're basically taking this for, you know, the one extra command point, which, if, you know, not bad. It's 50 tank, points for a command point. tank with commander. Get plus one on all of his missile weapons. No, sorry. It only it states on the Steam Tanks thing that it only applies to his repeater pistol and his long rifle. Um, so it doesn't actually apply to his to the cannon or to the steam gun, which is devastating. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, so it only applies to his um da -da 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 -da. Uh, command tracer artifacts only affect attacks by made by the commander, and the commander is is armed with a long rifle and a repeater handgun, so it only affects yeah. those two profiles. Yeah, uh, oh, which well. is a shame. We'll just have the plus one from a a uh, rune lord and the plus one from a hurricaneum anyway. And he gives himself plus one if he wants to as well. Like this is the thing. Like it's so redundant. You don't need plus one to hit. Yeah, because uh, there's so many other sources of it. Um, so. Yeah, that's 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 all the artifacts, and then finally uh, you come to the spells, which again are pretty underwhelming. I think I would say, um, descending ash cloud, pick an enemy unit within eighteen inches and subtract one from hit rolls. You kind of like you get that anywhere on a sorceress, but it does D three mortal wounds as well. Like for an extra casting value, it goes from six for this one to a seven for that one. I think that that's got more utility. Um, I think it's so. I think it's all right, but it's not that special. I think you just cast the um, uh, war scroll spells on the um, on the Hurricanum instead of casting that one. Um, eroding blast is the second one. It's completely irrelevant. Um, so cosmic wave six, pick one terrain feature within eighteen of the caster. Roll a dice for each model within one inch of that terrain feature, and for each five plus, they suffer a mortal wound, and that. Uh, terrain feature gets the deadly scenery rule. So if they've got a unit of, what, like 10 Shadow Warriors, you're going to kill three of them with that spell? So yeah, I think the main I it's problem... Not it's not the worst spell. I think the main issue with it is the hole within 18, because terrain yeah. tends to be kind of big. So anything, like, to be hole within 18, you're going to have to be basically next to it anyway. Yeah. So, if and it's not big, yeah. you're not getting that many models within one inch of it, so... Yeah, yeah. That it's kind of. I think that's 
it's all right. It could be um, it could be a cheeky one to go through a portal though. If there is a big terrain feature and someone's got like sixty grots or something, and they're like, "Yeah, well, cool." I can, there's a big hill, and I'm like, "Cool, I'm gonna get cover." Basically, anything that's trying to get cover, you're like, "Okay, cool." I can potentially but this is get thing. a bunch of more so choking fumes is the one that you want to send through the portal. So casting wave six, successfully cast pick one enemy unit within 15 inches of the castle that is visible to them. Roll one dice for each model from that unit that is within 15 inches. For each five plus that unit suffers one model wound. So that's your, that's your portal better, spell. <laughs> the nice yeah. thing, I guess, is that you can do both. Yep. Like you, they essentially do the same thing. So yep. it, it, depending on the positioning of terrain, like that's not bad to have two spells that cast on a six that are, yeah. Every model, every model within a range on a five up takes a mortal. Yeah, but you shouldn't. You should not be taking an umbral spell portal in Greywater fastness. So, mm. um, yeah. So that's that's that. Um, look, my thoughts on the city are just, and I've made this very clear. Actually, you know what? Let's go and talk about the um the battalion, shall we? Yeah, yeah um, I think it's important in this one. Because I think it's, as I said before, I think it's the only reason why you run this city, uh, because you wanna you wanna play with that. Or a lot of people like grey water fastness as well in the fluff, but it's it's not as cool um, in the rules as it is in the fluff. Um, so the battalion, which I do have in my list later, uh, so requires you to take one grey water fastness cogsmith and two to four grey water fastness hellstorm rocket batteries uh, or hellblaster volley guns and i will just point out that even though you can take five rocket batteries in a pitch battle the battalion only lets you take four as a maximum yeah um which again seems silly they've not thought about it yeah no this was definitely an afterthought this battalion um but it's got an okay um it's got an okay ability. So in your shooting phase in the first battle round, friendly war machines from this battalion can shoot twice if they are within six inches of a friendly hero from this battalion and not within three inches of any enemy units. So shooting rocket batteries twice that are on twos to hit and then threes to wound. It's okay. It's not horrible. You also get an extra um, command point and you also get an extra artifact. So, And I think the battalion's only 120 points. So it's not... It's not horrible. Yeah, and it lets you lower your drops for an army yeah. that you otherwise would be reasonably high drops if you're taking four artillery pieces. So Yeah. I mean, I like to race to the top these days anyway. So yeah. I like to have as many drops yeah. as possible. Um, but yeah, in a list, the list that... Should I just go through a list that I've made so then we can have a talk about it? Yeah, go for it. Uh, so interestingly, without the battalion, this list would be 12, 13 drops. And with it, it is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine drops. So it, it does it does reduce your count significantly, and you can push out to the maximum number of drops even if you even if you want to. So, um, so what I've got is is my general is uh, my knight venator uh, with the drill master command trait. So that's the uh, real ones to hit. Um, and runic munitions as his artifacts. So that's the plus one damage on his ranged attacks. Um, <clears throat> I've got him there because Drillmaster essentially is on him. Uh, he's highly mobile at 12 inches and he has flying, so I can put him wherever I want him, basically for the reroll ones to hit. Um, and he, he always affects himself and his attacks are also quite good. Um, and he gives himself reroll ones to hit. He's just He's just good. I yeah. like him. He's basically an Azuros and a and a Venator in one. 
Um, so he's my general. I've got uh, my a Lord Ordinator as my adjutant, um, just because he can kind of be a little bit more forward than the Cogsmith. Uh, there's also a Cogsmith guy got the battalion, but the uh, the adjutant um, needs to be closer to the general. So the Lord Ordinator can be further forward because his aura is nine inches, so he can push forward basically. Uh, and then I've got a Celestial Hurricanum with Battle Mage, uh, which has the minus one to hit um, Descending Ash Cloud spell. And then the fifth character is a Steam Tank with Commander, uh, who has the Steam Piston Plate Mail artifact. So he's the one that takes the second artifact um, from the Battalion. Um, Battle line is a unit of 20 handgunners, a unit of 10 handgunners, which are the retinue, and then a unit of 10 free guild guard. Uh, I then have four Hellstorm rocket batteries, uh, the battalion, and a unit of 10 shadow warriors for a grand total of uh, 1980 points. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's. I played a couple of games with this list. Um, I'm only really playing it because I kind of made a commitment to myself at the start of the year that I wanted to play a different city at every tournament that I went to this year. Yeah, that's cool. um, Yeah, so this list is is kind of uh, a test of that. Um, and so I think this is probably close to the most competitive that you can get with a Great Water Fastens list and doubles down on its, um, on its strengths. Um, but other options that I could make uh, for example I, I was considering dropping the steam tank putting in a rune lord and um three gyrocopters yeah um but i found i don't think there are many people running true hordes these days um and so i think that the the benefit of the gyrocopters drops significantly and the steam tank commander um can make himself like twos to hit or ones to hit with a you know twos to hit against characters so um, with this with this steam cannon, and he's just like with a two up save, he's hard to kill. He heals D three every single turn. The the um, cogsmith can also heal him D three every turn, so he's healing two D three every turn if he's hanging with the main battle group. Um, and he can tie stuff up. So, and I, I back in the Warhammer fantasy days, like I was quite well known for running steam tanks in my empire army. So, I have to have an army where I'm allowed to run this guy. <laughs> Nice. I think that he gets an extra three inches from this, so his steam gun goes up to 11, his long rifle's 33, his repeated handgun's 19, and his steam cannon's whatever you've got it, plus three. So but he's, he's, he's okay. Yeah, I guess the main... It's basically just, can you take off the biggest and baddest thing in your opponent's army in your first shooting phase with your rocket batteries? That's, like, that's 100% what it is. <laughs> Can, yes or no basically if you do you probably win if you don't you probably don't exactly um and like i did i've done the mass previously the problem that i have with um with this thing with with this battalion is that the increased number of shots that you get in the first turn the math comparing that to the plus one to wound command trait in Tempesai, you're basically better off having the two plus to wound. And yeah. this one you've got to pay, you've got to pay for, which yeah. is kind of frustrating to me. Um, yeah. So that's, that's just, it's something that just annoys me uh, in my head. Um, so 
I'm just I'm just calculating the damage. So against it's, it's 24 shots, right? Maximum, and so yeah. Even, even if they had all hit, the fact that you wound on threes and there's no way to get rerolls or to buff it, you straight away drop a third off. So yep. you're going down to 16, and then it's what 16 d3. So your maximum is like 36. Like yeah, and so against. Like, what about against Nagash? Let's have a look at Nagash. So against Nagash with his two-up armor save and Petrofex, with all of that stuff, you're doing... So you're essentially you're doing six shots with each rocket battery. Your two's to hit reroll once because the Cogsmith is within three inches. Your three's to wound. Your Ren two and your damage D3. So against Nagash, it'll do 15.5 wounds, which is not... Again, it's not nothing. Um, how many wounds does Nagash have? Does he have 16? 16. 16. Yeah. So if you if you got a six up after, yeah, but you know, and that's why. In addition to that, I put the um the steam tank in because it just adds that extra little bit. Yeah, Um, and the the venator and and the venator. So you you should be able to remove like Nagash. You should be able to remove. I think Archaon should also. um, uh, Nah, because you'd have to reroll sixes against him. And he's twenty wounds. Although, mm, yeah, I guess a lot of it depends if they've gone first or if you've gone first. Because if Nagash has got his command ability up to reroll ones, yeah, uh, to save and stuff like that, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's swingy. Yeah, but so you think like all your if if you don't shoot it off and they get to you, you've basically lost yeah. the game. Yeah, but in in my list, so that that again, it's the it's the army of redundancy, the city of redundancy. Um, so I've got like you know the steam tank commander's got a Hockland. I've got two of handgunners that have Hocklands. I've got the Venator that's got a damage two weapon. Like you, you should be able to remove your opponent's big bad character. Um, like Teclas, for example, in all the new armies. Like Croak, you can one hundred percent remove Croak. Um, can you? Can you? I mean, it's obviously not one hundred percent, but. It's probably as close to you'll get with with any basically any list in the game to being able to remove Croak. So I feel like you because didn't you play against Croak and did you remove did. him or did you not? I remove didn't. Him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but that that list didn't have the steam tank and it didn't have the Night Venator. So the that list was a little bit different. Had thirty handgunners. Um, so I built a bit more redundancy into the list after that game. And but that Croak also didn't have. Um, temple guard around him and i rolled shit so that oh, just wow. like compounded I was like, yeah I, yeah i was expecting with the temple guard but with that yeah no 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 no, no i just rolled absolutely pass in that game and that and that's the problem with the three pluses to wound yeah. um if you you know 33 percent of the time you roll a one or a two but in, in that game it was more like 50 percent. but still like it just if it was a two plus i would have hit another like 40 percent of them so yeah. that's why i and like the, the tempest die and the problem is you can't even try and bit the way that the damage comes from is from four separate units so you can't even build it to try and get a triumph to like reroll wounds or something because yeah, exactly. you could only reroll a quarter of it so you almost are better doing one big yep. unit if you're going to try and go that way like iron drakes or something and then yeah trying to get trying to but then it's the range and yeah without trust going oh bridge like yeah yeah yeah, I fired it in that game. I fired everything into him. I dropped the Shadow Warriors within nine inches of him. And they're in cover. Like, I threw fucking everything at Croak and he just wouldn't die. I hate that <laughs> stupid frog. Um, He's our Lord yeah. and Savior. Do not talk yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think this list gets it done, but we'll see how it goes on the tabletop. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, I think that's pretty much it for Greywater. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't have a list because yeah, it's basically you either go all in on loads of units of gyrocopters, I think, for 
um the steam guns and just against hordes um or you yeah you go for the battalion you just try and shoot stuff off with the hell blaster or you build yep. a mixed list but if you do i think you're better off just taking probably tempest just go tempest eye tempest eye yeah. is just a better version of great order yeah so okay yeah. well let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll do the final city for today's show which is phoenicium sounds good And we're back from the break. So without further ado, let's dive straight into the Phoenicium. Simon, do you want to take us through the battle traits? All right. So Phoenicium is also from Gairan, for what it's worth. Um, so the one of the key abilities that I think you're going to be making lists in this city towards are that um, if any fen- friendly Phoenician units have been destroyed in the same phase... Uh, you can add one to hit and wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by other friendly Phoenician units. Uh, so this is pretty key. It's pretty powerful if you can get it to work in the way that you want to. And as we'll talk about later, we probably have keyed our units, our armies, towards this ability. Um, all I would say is that this works really well with things that are small units that have low wounds um, and that... Uh, have little to no armor save. Um, so I think my favorite is like when you bring a like Lord Exorcist or a Lord um, Castellan and they come with a single uh, Griff Charger, uh, not, not Griff Charger, what are they called? The, the little Griffhound. dogs? Griffhound. Yeah. Like it's, it's a single model. It's a single model unit. It's got three wounds and it doesn't have an armor save. Um, so that's like one of the perfect examples of something that you'd want to throw in. Yeah, uh, next, something next else. is probably what Aether Wings. Yeah, so that's that's the one that I've got in my list. Uh, so there's six wounds and no armor save, so not horrible. Um, and then I think the next best thing after that is probably like it, it's a toss up because you want them, you want your opponent to want to kill them, um, but you don't want them to be completely useless. So flagellants are an okay idea because they don't have an armor save. Um, but they're 10 wounds, so there's no guarantee that your opponent will be able to deal 10 wounds to a unit in their in the combat phase. Um, and then things like handgunners or crossbows, because they've got a, only a six-up armor save, also uh, okay in this role. Um, you got any other units that I've missed that you think are good? Uh, Scourge Runner run Chariots, single yep. single ones, five wounds with a oh, six yep. wounds with a five-up save. Single gyrocopters, I guess. Three wounds and... Oh, no, sorry, four wounds, but they've got a four-up save, so that kind of makes them a little bit more resilient. But yeah, it's, it's, stuff that, it's stuff that you want to take that doesn't hurt your list. Like, you don't want to yeah. take it just for the fact of it to die. You want to take it so it's useful because your opponent you need your opponent to want to kill it. Like you say, if it's something that doesn't really do anything, they can just ignore it, Then it, and it doesn't yeah. do anything for you then fine. But if it's something useful that you would take anyway, because it's got decent points, like Scourge Runner Chariots, I like, because people are going to want to kill them, because otherwise you're free to just keep shooting at their little heroes and potentially just do D3 more wounds and help them off. So they can't ignore them. They're also really fast to just go grab objectives. If You can basically just put them in the way. 
you can charge yeah. your opponent with them and be like, well, I'm just going to keep charging you and hit your hit your chaff on this objective unless you kill me. So, And that's one of the reasons why I like the A, the wings, because they've got... Because in this game, your opponent can't elect not to attack. Yeah. Uh, you can... You've got... Because they're on... Are they on 40 mils? I think they're on 40 mils. They might be on 32s. Um, but they're, they've got a good spread across those three models that you're able to, like, fully get into a unit and maximise the attacks against them. Um so yeah, I think that it's it's a good ability if you can make a trigger and it it you know when you've got a unit of of thirty Phoenix Guard fighting alongside a unit that's just died, they're on twos and twos, re-rolling yeah. probably both. So yeah, the great thing is there's no range. It's just if they've died anywhere on yeah. the battlefield. Um. So yeah, one thing I think with the Aether Wings is if you've got if you've also been able to ally in some Raptors so that they can do the move in your opponent's charge phase. Um. Like they are amazing at stuff like corn with bloodthirsters that goes at the start of the combat phase as well because they all yep. have to go and you just pin their charge in. They have to attack you. All they're doing is wasting a bloodthirster on six ether wings, and it's at the start of the combat phase. So no matter what they do, they can't avoid like killing them before you've had your activation with your big unit, and it's just perfect. Yep, but, it's yeah. it's a it's a very powerful ability if you can get it to proc. Um, I'm just going to reiterate that it's in the same phase. Yeah. So you need to be sacrificing a unit every combat phase, basically, to get maximum effect, which probably means you won't have a whole lot of an army left after a while. Um, we're going to the next one. So Blood of the Earth Phoenix, add one to the wounds characteristic of Phoenician Frostheart Phoenixes and Phoenician Flamespire Phoenixes. Um, so with a four-up after save, effectively, you're adding two wounds to each bottle. So with an anointed on top. So I think that it's amazing. Yep. It's yeah, and it's solid. You basically always want to take an anointed on Frostheart in cities, so like why why not give it an extra wound? Uh, and then finally the command ability. So this is also quite a good ability. Um, it's death frenzy essentially uh, from the Skaven book. So use it at the start of the combat phase. Uh, if you do pick one friendly Phoenician Flame Spy Phoenix Hero, um, oh, sorry, Phoenix Hero, so it could be a Flame Spy or a Frostheart. Uh, and then until the end of that phase, if a friendly Phoenician model is slain while it's within 12 inches of that hero, that model can fight before it's removed from play. Um, so Phoenix Guard, it's good on, it's good to just proc it when your um, uh, when your Phoenix character is going to die because he just gets to fight again. Um, it's good on it's it's just good on combat units in general, um, especially if you've got an, a way to bring them back from the dead. Yeah, I think the best thing about it is it you pick the phoenix and then it's just every model within twelve of yeah. that. So it doesn't you don't have to have your units wholly within like every model whole like every model within twelve of a phoenix is a huge area and one cp will let you do it for all of those models it's not like you have to pick each individual unit that you want to be able to fight and go in with so it's yeah it's a really good command ability to have yeah and just remember that if you've if something's died in that combat phase you get the plus one to hit and wound roll um <clears throat> uh on those attacks as well yeah. um on the second round of attacks if you've used the um captain of the phoenix guard on your anointed on the phoenix guard that are dying you get to reroll wound rolls when they attack again like all the buffs still apply yeah um the only so thing it's... is the unit won't 
the unit won't count for itself for dying because you fight no. you pile in an attack before you're removed so you won't actually count as dying yeah you don't you don't proc your own but if you've yeah. procked it from another unit it's just yeah so that you're basically doubling down on that combat effectiveness at that point yeah uh do you want to do the command traits yeah sure can do um, so Seeker of Vengeance is the first one, which is add one to the attack's characteristic of the jelly, uh, general's jellies manual. Oh, no. The general's melee weapons if one or more friendly models have been slain in the same phase, and you add three if five or more friendly models have been slain in the same turn instead. So again, if you're taking casualties, you're hitting back harder. Um, and it's nice anyway, even if only one model's been slain, because it affects all of their melee weapons. It's not just pick one and add one to the attack's characteristic. So if you can find characters that have got multiple profiles, um, then it, it buffs all of them. So <coughs> Free your general and griffin. <coughs> yeah. Especially if you get plus three to both of them, like plus six attacks on something with two melee profiles is pretty nice. Um, yeah. I'll just point then... out with this one as well. It does. It's a bit stupid in the way that it's worded. So you only get the plus one attack if they're slain in the same phase, but you get the plus three if they're slain in the same turn. So oh, yeah. just be, yeah, it's it's just worded stupidly. Um, but actually in the list that I'll go through later, I actually take advantage of that word. Yeah, so. that's actually great because you can use a sorcerer, stab your own guys. You could cast a pendulum through your own guys in the your pendulum. hero phase. The pendulum yeah. is the answer. Yep. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's actually really funny. I hadn't yeah. seen that one. That's great. Um so the next one is one with fire and ice. Um George R. R. Martin, please don't sue. Um yeah. so this if this general is a wizard, they know all spells from the Law of the Phoenix instead of only one. And if they're not a wizard, then they know one spell. So it's the same one that you get in the um living city essentially. Um yeah. and then aura of serenity, you don't take battleshock tests for friendly Phoenician units while they're holier than twelve of this general. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, like, it's pretty good, but I feel like Phoenix Guard and stuff already don't take Battleshock if they're within a range of a Phoenix hero and stuff like yeah. that. So, um, but if you're not taking Phoenix Guard and Phoenixes, I mean, what, why are you playing Phoenixium if you're not? But Why are um, you playing Cities? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still nice. I mean, so many books would love, like, just no Battleshock wholly yeah. well with a general. So it's, it's good. I think all of them have got a place. I mean, some books just get it, you know, as a as an army ability, but we won't go there. <laughs> Fucking bone reapers. <laughs> They're fine. Hashtag. Yeah. Fair and balanced. Um, do you want to take us through the artifacts, or yep. have you got any comments on the traits? No, I think um the traits are pretty self-explanatory. I think Seeker of Vengeance is obviously the best one. Um, and I think that the way that you do that is you take it on a combat character with multiple profiles. Uh, just of note, um, something that I've been discovering recently and which has annoyed me immensely is that if your general is an anointed um, on Frosty or Flamey, the Frostheart or Flame Spire doesn't get the extra three character, uh, attacks characteristic because yeah. it specifically says on its War Scroll that it's not affected by Command Train, but literally any other mount in the game is affected. So that's why I like the um, the Free General on Griffin with that or the uh, Dreadlord on Black Dragon, I think, are the two best ways to play um, to play that Command Trait on someone. Just because they got three... Um, they got three melee profiles. 
so I think you maximize the benefit of it on the on yeah. one of those characters. Um, so artifacts, the first one's the Amber Armor. Um, when this was spoiled and we didn't have the official rules, it was amazing. And then the actual wording came out and I was very sad. Um, so how it's actually worded is that if the weapon used for an attack that targets the bearer has rend characteristic of minus one, change the rend characteristic of that attack to zero, uh, or to dash, sorry. Um, when it was spoiled, it was rend of uh, above negative one just gets changed to zero. And I thought it was amazing, uh, but it's, nowhere near as good as it was and i don't think i don't think you'd ever really take that over the other two i think the other two are better um so number two is the phoenix pinions um the bear can fly um and in addition the bear can run and charge later in the turn run and charge is good especially in this list where <clears throat> the character is probably going to be a combat hero uh running and charging means you've got an extra six inches of projected threat which is not something to scoff at yeah. No, I'm um, charge. Yeah. And then finally, the Phoenix Pyre Ashes. Um, this has also got, interestingly, because the city's in Gairan, um, the, oh, is it the Green Glade Amulet? What's the what's the artifact that does the same thing as this? That the, you green, can take? the Green Glade Flask or something? No. That, oh, sorry. That's the, that's the wound healing one. That's not the one I'm talking about. Um, it is, if you give me two seconds, I'll tell you what it is. Um, the oh the pelt guy, the guy roping gauntlets is what no, what they are. That's plus no. range. Jade diadem, Jade diadem. Jade that's diadem. the one. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, yeah. you have two. If you want, you can have two of the identical artifacts because they're both worded exactly the same. Um, so unmodified save roll for an attack. It's a six. Uh, you heal one wound allocated to the bearer. So you can have two two instances of that in the same army, which is which is. All right. It's, Which is it's funny because nobody ever actually takes like, or very few pe people actually take the jade diadem and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's actually kind of better than a Castellan lantern. And like, yeah. you always talk about how good that is, but that gets cancelled. The like the reason you talk about it because the Castellan is if you've got multiple plus ones, then it happens on fives. But as soon as there's rend, it cancels it out. And yep. actually, just doing it on a six to heal is actually really good but you just kind of no one really takes it if you read yep. that artifact you're like yeah sure but then for some reason you're like oh yeah castellan lantern healing on all those dice you're like it's amazing so yeah it's kind of weird i don't know yeah so in a things. previous list that i wrote for this city i had both the phoenix pyrashes and the guy roping oh, sorry, and the um jade diadem on um on the phoenixes because you get the plus one wound and they've got a four up after save. So it's an extra two wounds on them. But then when you've got the battalion, which we'll mention in a second, they also heal every turn, uh, another one. And so that's another two. And then that's another two chances at rolling a six to, to heal a wound. And so it just, you just get multiple, you know, doubling down on it multiple times. Yeah. Um, and especially when you got golden mist as well as one of the spells. Um, yeah. Speaking of the spells, uh, I'll just go through them quickly. So Amber Tide, casting value of six, pick one enemy unit within 18 and half that unit's move characteristic, which I think is a bit, it's a bit sad because like the, you know, the, the living city spell that we already went through um, does the same thing for one extra cast. It does D6 like mortal wounds, which I don't know. It makes me sad. I feel like it's a missed opportunity with this spell. Yeah. 
but I don't think you're going to be taking it anyway. Um, the second spell is Phoenix Cry, uh, custom value five uh, until the start of the next hero phase. Subtract one from the bravery characteristic of all enemy units within 18 inches of the caster. Um, look, bravery bombing isn't really a thing at the moment or in this edition. So uh, maybe next edition it'll be more, um, you know, effective. But I think in in the current meta, I don't think there's any point. Uh, running Phoenix Cry when everything's either immune to Battleshock or Leadership 10, so Bravery 10. But the one that you are going to take is Golden Mist. So, casting value of 6. If successfully cast, you can heal D3 wounds to each friendly Phoenician unit within 12 of the caster, uh, which is an amazing heal spell. I think it's great. Yeah. Especially just a shorter range of Lariel heal, but it's still amazing. Yeah, and I mean to be honest, the li the living city one. Like I would always prefer a bubble heal of D three over a single heal of D six. Yeah, because yeah, the more units, the more multi wound units you have in range, you're just literally stacking it. And like, yeah, I, I would definitely rather be able to heal two, three models for D three than one for D six. Like, yep. And in my previous list that I was mentioning before, I had the two phoenixes, and then I had a Lord Arcanum on. Toralon, and so he basically was in the middle casting this spell to heal the phoenixes, and then the phoenixes went to town, which was yep. the 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 thought behind the list. And probably a list I'd still consider running, but I don't have an, a Lord Arcanum on Toralon, so... Yeah. Um, so that's all that stuff. We should probably just quickly go through the battalion as well. You've probably got that on one of your lists. Do you want to go through Phoenix Flight? Uh, yeah, I can do... Um, so the Phoenix Flight is one to two Frostheart Phoenixes and one to two Flamesfire Phoenixes. So you can take them mounted or not. Um, and at the start of your hero phase, you heal one wound allocated to each friendly Phoenician unit wholly within 12 of any units from this battalion. So amazing. Like When I first read it, I yeah. thought it was just them. But actually, you only need to take one Frostheart and one Flamesfire to take this battalion. And then you get to heal another wound to every friendly Phoenician unit, basically, as long as you're holier than 12 of any of the Phoenixes in the battalion, then you're getting to heal, and it obviously includes themselves. So suddenly you cast that, plus Golden Mist, plus the fact that you've got an extra wound. Yeah, they're really, really good. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah. And this, yeah, there's not much more to say about it. It's just that it's yeah. a... It's a yeah, take take a... your pick. Take one anointed and three non. Like if you want to save points, or just take one of each. Or yeah, you. The great thing is it's flexible. You can take up to four phoenixes in it. Lower your drops. Take the four. Yeah, you can just take what you want as well, which is nice. Please don't ever take a phoenix without an anointed on top. I'll be very disappointed if anybody listening to this podcast does that. I mean, sometimes points matter. No. No, it's ne it's never worth it for an extra. You're literally doubling its wound value by just paying an extra hundred points. There's never a reason not to take it. But but what if you no. want more more flames? No, more more bad, wound? Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I tend to agree. I oh yeah, although I have got a list which does have <gasps> one that's not mounted, but sacrilege. Yeah. Sometimes yep. you need points to buy units to die. <laughs> Sometimes you do. That is fair. Uh, all right. Do you want to go through your lists first? Uh, okay. Mine's janky. Um, yep. Love it. It's, it's a tad weird. Um, 
because you like Phoenixium, so it's going to be Phoenixes and Phoenix Guard, right? And that's it. Mm, no. Mm. <laughs> um, so I have got an anointed on Frostheart Phoenix. We're starting well, at least. Um, yeah. Who has got the Phoenix Pyre Ashes. Um, and then he's not the general, though. And then I've got a Celestial Hurricane in with Celestial Battle Mage with Gold Mist, because so far we're looking fairly standard for a cities list. And yep. then we have a general, which is a Warden King, who, yes, he is a dwarf. Um, what? That dispossessed hero. Um, so I, in this list, had taken one with Fire and Ice and Golden Mist, apparently, but I would definitely change that to be the um, command trait, the Vengeance one for the D3. Yep. For the one, vengeance. yeah, secret vengeance for the one or potentially three extra attacks. Yeah. Um, I would probably change this list around now, to be honest. Um, just to be able to kill my own stuff to give him yep. extra attacks. Um, yep. but yeah, so he's got uh that, and then I've got a rune lord as his adjutant, uh, to help get me some CP. And then my battle line is a unit of 20 hammerers, um, which are the retinue, so I can pass off um, wounds that the Warden King suffers onto them. And then 10 Iron Drakes, 10 Iron Drakes, 10 Iron Drakes. And then I've got 10 Shadow Warriors, 10 Shadow Warriors, a Scourge Runner Chariot, a Scourge Runner Chariot, and a Bridge, <laughs> and an extra CP. So uh, I talked in the first show about the Warden King and why um, I briefly mentioned this, like why I think he's really good, because his command ability is you pick an enemy unit within 18 inches of him basically and then you get to add one to the attacks characteristics and melee weapons used by friendly dispossessed units so it would benefit him it would benefit the hammerers it would benefit the iron drakes um and they all get um plus one attack for one cp he himself is four attacks three threes rend one damage d3 so with the hurricane and he's hitting on twos um and then he uses CP, he becomes five attacks. But actually, if a model dies in that phase, he's going to be six attacks. If five models have died in that turn, he's going to be nine attacks, rend one damage D3. And then um, if he dies, he can go twice. Um, if you've spent a CP from the Phoenix. Um, and then, yeah, he can pass wounds off to the Hammerers. The Hammerers are pretty decent. Um you don't need to take the ignore Battleshock trait because hammerers naturally don't take Battleshock while they're hollow than 12 of a friendly dispossessed hero. So I've got him and the Rune Lord. So I can have that block of hammerers ignoring Battleshock. Um, if they... The unmodified wound roll for their great hammers is a six. They do a mortal wound in addition. So And they're threes and threes with rend. So suddenly, if they get plus one, plus one... Um, from a unit dying then they're twos and twos with the hurricane and they can be ones and twos in case someone has a minus one to hit um with three attacks each and then they can all pile in and attack when they die um they're pretty good and then 30 iron drakes is still decent shooting um still yep. hitting on twos because of the hurricane um you've got three of the troll hammer torpedoes so that will still put out a lot of hurt. Two units of Shadow Warriors, always good to just grab objectives. The Scourge Runner Chariots as well, just really useful. But they're just units that you can throw in to die to then buff everything else. Um, so it's kind of a weird list that you'd probably expect to be in like a Hallo Heart list because it's basically got a bridge and shooting, but it doesn't rely on it. 
it can still kind of just walk forward with hammerers and be annoying with shadow warriors and have the chariots and it's still got phoenix and yeah it's just it's a bit different it's probably not what people were expecting to be a mostly dwarf list in phoenicium and that's why it's good but yeah it's got it works and i think the units in it would get a lot of advantages from the abilities like all of those units are really solid so being able to pile in an attack when they die and have plus one to hit plus one to wound they're they're good units to get the benefits so it's good i like it um what about your list or lists so i've got two um the only thing that really changes in them is the characters um so go through the first list is the one that i was talking about before uh, so it's got two anointed, uh, one in a frosty, one in a flame spire, just because I've got a flame spire model and I want to run it. But the optimal choice is probably just two frosties. Um, the general is a Lord Arcanum on Toralon uh, with Seeker of Vengeance and Golden Mist. So he's able to kind of keep up with the flame, with the, the, the two phoenixes and get the bubble heal and cast his own bubble heal. Um, then you've got a battle mage and an anointed on foot. Um, who kind of hang back. Uh, I've then got three units of free guild guard, um, all with halberds. Uh, the only reason why, usually I'd go sword and board, but I'd go halberds in this list because you want your chaff to die. Um, and if you make them fight twice, halberds fight better than swords. That's basically the only reason. Um, and then the battalion, so with the Phoenix Flight Battalion, 30 Phoenix Guard and an Aether Void Pendulum. Um, which probably, I think, because you've only got like the one decent mage, I think that probably gets turned into a um, a grave tide, suffocating grave tide, and then you chuck in Aether Wings as well. I have to have Aether Wings in my Phoenician lists because the way that I've had them painted up, I've got one unit of three are basically Frosty baby, yeah, ba baby Frosties, and the other units baby. Nice flame spies so you can justify it by fluff that they get angry when they kill the babies nice. um yeah so that's the so that's a decent list the, the the thought behind the list is that your hammer is basically you've got the lord arcanum um on toralon and the two phoenixes just flying on the board and just fighting whatever the hell they want because they don't they probably won't die um with the absurd amounts of healing that you've got in the list. Uh, and then you've got the Battle Mage and the Anointed uh, with the Phoenix Guard that kind of pull up the rear. Um, and the Suffocating Gravetide. Um, uh, in saying that... Anyway, I'll, I'll modify the list later. Um, you probably get rid of the Battle Mage, uh, put in a... So this, is, this is the problem with cities. The lists are always in flux. I think you get rid of the, the Battle Mage and one unit of uh, Free Guild Guard and you put in Bleak Swords. I'm a sorcerer, so that, yeah. Yeah, so that way you've got the extra stab. That's probably actually a better list. That's 2,000 yeah. on, uh, on the nose. Um, so you got one stab from the Sorceress, and then the Grave Tide kills D3. So on average, will kill two models from each unit that you run it over, um, which gives you that Clut 5 for the Secret of Vengeance on the Lord Arcanum, which isn't bad. He's got two profiles. They're threes, threes, negative one, and D3 each. So they're not bad. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the one list. So that's the list that I have that has the battalion in it. So I, I quite, I quite like that list. I'm quite into that list, but my favorite list is the list that I have 
uh, trademarked, which is the ICBG, uh, which is the Intercontinental Ballistic Griffin. So you've got the key to the list is the general, Frigil General on Griffin. Um, so he's got Seeker of Vengeance for the plus three attacks, and he's also got Phoenix Pinion, uh, so the run and charge uh, artifacts. Yeah. Um, and I think, what did I give him? I gave him, I think I gave him the Great Hammer for the weapon. I can't remember what I was looking at. I think it was just the Great Hammer because you get, and basically you double its attacks if you do the Seeker of Vengeance trigger. Um, and then you've got three units of free good as to your battle line. I'm sorry, I didn't do the rest of my thing. Celestial Harakonin with Battle Mage and an anointed because why not? Um, three unit of free good guard with halberds again um and then in the other you've got a max unit of 30 phoenix guard uh two units of three a the wings and then a unit of shadow warriors and then the important spell uh is the a the void pendulum so the thought with this list is basically just slingshot the the free guild general and griffin forward and trigger seeker of vengeance in your turn um so he moves um, 14 unwounded, 15 unwounded. So 15, and then he gets plus um, plus six for the run. And then I was even toying with not with taking him without the shield to give him also a plus one to his run and his charge, just to get him an extra two inches up the battlefield. Um, and then he also has a command ability, which makes him plus one to hit and plus one to charge. So he goes an absurd amount of uh, of the board. And if you've maxed him out with his plus three attacks, he's got six attacks with his hammer, which is three threes, negative two, D3. He's got five attacks with his beak, which is three threes, negative two, damage four. And he's got six attacks with his claws, which are fours, threes, negative one, and two damage. Like, he's just an absolute machine. Um, the only thing I was going to say is I, I had a feeling I was checking before. Um, command traits don't affect mounts, so you can't. Where does it say that? It just says artifacts don't affect mounts. No, in the core rules. So um, what? If, you're gen if your general is a hero and the allegiance abilities for your army include any command traits, you can choose one. Uh, command traits have no effect on attacks made by a general's mount unless otherwise noted. So you don't get bonus attacks. <laughs> I'm sure they do work. I'm sure I've read somewhere it, in an FAQ or something that they do. I'm sure I've read it. It's only, <laughs> it's like mount traits, um, like mount traits work because they're for your mount um, and stuff like that. Unless it, there's a couple that specifically say, and their mount, like this general and their mount fight first. But you don't get extra attacks, unfortunately, to, bur this to burst that bubble. Very sad. And that makes the, the griffin a lot more shit than it was. Maybe I'll just go back to the other list. <laughs> just find something else oh that's so that's so sad oh i thought that command trace didn't okay anyway um just take another frost heart phoenix yeah i think you do yep you just you just double down on the phoenixes i think get rid of that the griffin list then that's that's not worth it i think you just go back to the one with the two the two um phoenixes and the um and the toralon dude i'll just point out as well i forgot to say but they they've got the two phoenixes in that list have the six up heals a wound um items yeah the pyrashes and the jade deodem yeah yeah nice. yeah so that's that's the phoenician i think that there's there's a bit more to unlock in the phoenician list yeah um, i think i genuinely think you could just take like a bunch of like 
tens the phoenix guard like you can take yeah. 30 and then just a bunch of tens as well because yep. like they're just as soon as one of them dies all of the other like they can pile an attack when they die anyway on threes and threes and then yep. all the others are going to be twos and twos like it, it doesn't have to be all 10 dying at one point either like even if they don't do it for the first few combat phases the turn where you've got the unit down to one model and then it dies like everything else is going to get plus one plus one and then yep. pile in an attack when they die like just an MSU Phoenix Guard list. With Phoenixes, because you want to make the most yeah, yeah. healing from the multiple. But you could well, And you it. have to take Phoenixes for the command ability as well. Only the Phoenix heroes can yeah. trigger it. Yeah. So. yeah, so having two is probably not a bad thing anyway, because if someone does manage to kill one of them and you only took one, then yep. you kind of lose the whole thing of that army. But not like Phoenix Guard hit well. Like even just 10 Phoenix Guard is what, 21 attacks, threes and threes with Rend? Yeah, and they're gonna get. They're probably always all gonna get in because they're two inch range as well. Yeah, because so, there's ten, 10 dudes. Like, yeah, they're only a hundred and what, hundred and sixty. Yep. Um, for effectively twenty wounds. Yep. As well, so, um, they're, yeah, they're pretty good. I reckon there's definitely a list where I think that's what everyone was talking about at the start. Is you also just expect a Phoenician list to just be Phoenix Guard and Phoenixes. Yep. Um, which is why mine's weird because it's all dwarves. But yeah. um but yeah, I've I have got another list which is uh with the battalion and it's got a mounted uh, it's got an anointed flame spire and an anointed frost heart and a normal flame spire in the battalion and then 30, 20, 10 of Phoenix Guard. Yep. Um which I think would also be solid. So Yeah, I think yeah, look everyone thought that phoenix guard were going to be everywhere in phoenicium and turns out they're everywhere in cities so yeah you can't go wrong yeah i think they're 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 really good and also yeah the phoenixes are just cool and yeah you can be cheap and be uh cheeky and make conversions out of yeah the ether wings i was going to do it with spare um star eagles from uh venators that i built as oh yeah yep. and basically take a full-size phoenix base and then do a pile of like ashes in the middle and then paint a baby one up and just use it as a fully grown one that's just come back to life <laughs> i should definitely do that and then you're like that cool doesn't sound like heaps of work at all yeah it's easy just or get a unit <laughs> of three get you get your unit of three things that you've had painted up as frost hearts just put them all yep. on big bases put them all on a big base yeah yeah get some, get some tea leaves in like the middle that. of the base and just be like yeah there's the ashes they've just been reborn yeah but you got to remember that my phoenixes came from chris tomlin so they are they're very pretty oh you bought the army off um yeah Moot, did you yeah okay. oh, i bought a couple of models so yeah they're they're nice. very pretty i wouldn't want to run anything else yeah fair um but yeah i think unless you've got any kind of final thoughts um i think that's probably everything there is to say on this show about phoenixium um and i think we'll wrap it there and um yeah did you have any final thoughts no i just think living city i think is very good in the current and the evolving shooting meta because you can start half your army off the board so i think it's going to be a pretty clutch pick competitively coming up yeah i think cities is one of those armies that i think it's always going to be true actually because it's i think it's probably the most flexible book yeah um and it will be i think for a long time yeah um so because it's i don't i don't they're not going to come out they will not release a new army that has a bigger range there, there will be no army that has a bigger range than cities um and if anything i can just see there being another cities book which does new cities 
um, and just keeps new models, going, hopefully. and potentially brings in some of the newer factions as new allies. Like, please let me have a city where Seraphon ally in. It would be amazing. No, um, I want Lethus so we can take heels. Because <laughs> heels um, are the best support in the game. Yeah. Um, but they're just boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I think Cities will be a book that actually can keep a- adapting and adjusting. And it also is a very heavy shooting book. So it is one of the books that can take off something like Teclas at range or Croak at range. Yes. Um, yes. And you can do it in multiple cities. So I think it's going to be important because it's going to be, I think the armies that would take stuff off at range from Magic, like Zinch, won't be able to survive against Teclas because yep. the whole army just ignoring everything on a four up and then bouncing back mortals is just going to kill all the little characters and stuff. Whereas this army is all shooting. And at the end of the day, like, if you can go to the, one of those lower drop lists as well and go first before Teclas can put his five up, you can hit him with most of them. Like most of the lists have a way of getting something across the board that doesn't necessarily need a bridge or something like that either. Um, but also because the bridge is like empowered and it goes further, you can probably put a caster out of range of 30 inches unbind and cast it reliably anyway. Yeah, and then zoom your army across and just shoot Teclas off. And I think if yep. you kill, I think if you kill Teclas, you have basically just won the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so same I with Croak. It, same with Croak. You kill Croak, you've basically won the game. Yeah, probably. Um, he's although he's not, though. he's not that expensive for what he does. No. And if it depends how much, like if you have one unit that does all that, and you need to get close to do it, Salamanders yeah. will just kill them back, and then you're still screwed. Like. Well, so see, I think... this is the thing to kill him. Like, even like in that gray water list, for example, you're paying, oh god, what is it? Five twenty, five eighty plus the Lord, plus the ordinator, uh, seven twenty plus the battalion, uh, eight hundred and forty points to re- maybe remove croak in one turn. <laughs> like, it's yeah. a lot of points that you're putting into that module yeah. to be able to remove him. And he's he's three twenty. Like, yeah. Not. Whereas at least with yeah. Teclas, he's. He's 660 in an army that otherwise seems reasonably expensive anyway. But it's more, even if the stuff isn't that expensive, it's only good with all the buffs from Teclas. So yep. once Te- Teclas is gone, I think that army will fall apart. I think Seraphon yep. are a, a harder issue, to be honest. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but if you can't kill Teclas, then I think he will bring way more because he will give you the defense against Seraphon. But so, yeah, anyway, I think I'm, I'm rambling and di- diverting, but um, that's well, there's, see, there's this is the thing. So, yeah, between those two armies. But, um, yeah, yeah, I when think you've got that reach you have to respond anyway yep. to either. You can apply to either um, Croak or Teclis, but especially Teclis. I think in most of the lists, you'll be able to bring a way of shooting to deal with him and take him out in a turn. Yeah, I think that Hades is well poised going into whatever meta is coming up. I think it was well situated before Zench changed everything. And I think it's still going to be quite yeah. good going into the, yeah. the realm Lord Zench Seraphon meta. Yeah. And even Hallowheart, it's one of the ones that can compete in the magic game. Yeah. Because actually, yes, Teclas can auto cast four spells on tens, but actually Hallowheart is probably one of those ones that has a chance of getting, of stopping it. Right. Yeah, well, they're you know if you get averages with all of their stuff, they're all casting on tens anyway. So yeah, 
you know, with their natural seven on a roll, plus three is your average from your your benefit, your, your bonus, and then plus one from the Hurricanum. Like, that's, that's a 10. So you've essentially got Techless's inbuildability in Hello Heart anyway. Yeah, but on that's all, on for the wheels. next podcast. <laughs> it is. Okay, so with um, w- w- with that bombshell, we'll uh, we'll see you there, and um, we hope as ever that you've enjoyed the show, and uh, yeah, hope to see you on the final part, which uh, will wrap up the last three cities in the book. Sounds so good. thanks once again, Simon, for joining, and hopefully we'll get Smorgan for the final part. But if not, uh, yeah. Simon. Will- Simon will take us through the the three remaining cities. So anyway, yeah. we'll we'll call it for there and we will see you in part D. See you then.